0: This is the JWN Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Neenstead. Today, I'm just going to be talking about what we learned on the last episode, what's coming up, and things that are going on, reflecting on current events and just life in general. Let's get to it. All right, so last episode was Mandy Bogman, and uh, I thought it was, it went Perfectly, You know, it's so much easier talking to somebody else in one of these um, situations, because right now I'm talking to a mic by myself. And I've started this podcast about five times trying to get this right. And I realized it doesn't matter if I get it right. We're going to try to have a conversation with this person on the other end uh, that I can't see. Don't know who you are. And uh, uh, let's see how this goes. So um, I wanted to talk about... One of the things that Mandy brought up in our conversation was, you know, how she didn't believe in organized religion. Um, And she was kind of raised in a Catholic household, just like I was. And, you know, what I found interesting is that kind of that need to find something to be a part of, you know, that that kind of feeling that we're all part of something bigger. And I definitely feel that. And I don't know if that is an innate quality in humans um, or if it's something we're taught and we just believe that we really should have some sort of group that we belong to. I I just don't know for sure, but I know it's there. I know I have it. I know she has it. Um, and I think from, you know, as long as uh, history has been recorded, people have teamed up together and found something to believe in. And, uh, you know, to the dismay of many lives, uh, it's been used against other people. Uh, It's been used to bring people together, though, and I think the overall good is there. Um, But what I did find was interesting was you know it it seems like people who reject and that's kind of a harsh term but what else are you going to call it but people who reject the religion that they were born into um it it, it seems like there's two paths you can go down and one is to go straight up atheism uh and that's an understandable um philosophy or maybe lack of philosophy because there's an anger when you kind of decide or come to the realization that the religion that you were taught ever since you were a child is not working for you. Um, there's an anger, there's a resentment, there's kind of a, you look for all the negativity that it brought to you or to a group of people and you, 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 outwardly reject it. Um, but then there's also the uh, the more agnostic uh, approach, which is, you know, I don't think this is right. I don't think this makes any sense to me. But I'm not saying I know what is out there. I'm not saying I know the answers. I'm not saying I know that there is no God or greater power. I'm just saying that the things presented to me are not working for me. Um, and that always seems to, uh, not always, but many times it seems to bring people to, to the idea of Buddhism. Um, cause it's kind of like, it's the religion for people who don't want to believe in religion. That's probably an awful way to put it, but that's the way I'm kind of interpreting it. um, you know it's it's a philosophy of living in the now it's it's um respecting all life it's you know the idea of god is not like a, a person or a thing that makes decisions and judges you it's it's all life and even things that we don't perceive as living like a rock or you know piece of driftwood um, it's all made of the same stuff. And it makes a lot of sense from a um from an approach of like, okay, I know I don't believe in uh let's say um Judaism or I don't believe in Christianity, but I do believe that this rock is right here and you know, if we break it down, it's made of the same kind of stuff that makes up my dog and makes up my children and makes up me. So I I kind of find it interesting that when a lot of people that I've talked to in my life that are in a similar situation where they, you know, they've kind of walked away from their, their parents' religion, um, there's an ex- exploration of buddhism and um buddhism's kind of weird you know cuz you could find yourself now on a team again you could find yourself on um in, in a tribe and then you risk the dangers of falling into the traps of the things that might have turned you off from your religion to begin with i i i do find um, some happiness in trying to identify the parts of each religion that, that connect us all, you know. Uh, it becomes very easy when people are tribal to start thinking of what's different. And, you, you know, it's hard to actively think of the things that bring us together. And I think in a time like right now, in 2020, it's July 2020, and we could really use some coming together on ideas and coming together on what's the best thing for all of us. You know, to to think that the United States of America, which is where I live, Obviously, I uh, grew up in the United States. I've I've been out of the the, the country. I've seen other uh, people live and, um, to see the country where you're living in, um, fail so immensely in their response to this pandemic. It's extremely frightening. It's frightening because the people who are Leading us, they're not recognizing. They're not acknowledging that that their approach isn't working. They're they're saying, "Oh, we should congratulate ourselves for doing such a great job." They're using uh, the stock market as a metric for our success in handling. This pandemic, which makes no sense, because as of today, we're over forty thousand people a day getting this, um, getting this disease. That's crazy. And then the, you know, Doctor Anthony Fauci has predicted that it's probably going to easily get to a hundred thousand people a day, and it's going to get real dark. That is scary. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, We can all just agree, like, hey, this stinks. What can we do? Uh, Staying at home worked. Staying at home slowed this thing down. Uh, But unfortunately, um, the stock market wouldn't allow it. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Um, And uh, people just believed in... um, they believed in something that wasn't even scientific. They believed a man who said, "It's just going to go away." He had no reason to say that. He just believed it because he wanted it to. There's been a gambling of um, our our uh, response. You know, everything's been a gamble, like, I think it'll do this." OK? Nope, didn't. M- meanwhile, the experts are keep telling us time and time again, no, you, this is what you need to do. You can't do this. It's not going to work. You can't be going out. You can't be going to bars. You can't be going to clubs. You can't be going to the beach with everybody right on top of each other. You can't be going to baseball games. You can't be going to blah, 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 blah. And uh there was this big gamble like oh well the weather's warmer so we can go and do this stuff we can eat in restaurants again and i'm not going to lie i've eaten in restaurants um i've traveled um you know i've i've tr- dipped my toes in the water and it quickly became obvious that this is not uh this is not right something's not right here um and then you know for my day job from my work I've had to leave the house Almost on a daily basis um, At some point I have to go visit One of my clients And while I've made it uh, mandatory For my employees To wear face masks When we're doing any kind of work um, You know One of my employees got the virus uh, Now uh we've been shut down completely. We're not going to see clients since that happened. Uh, we're getting tested weekly. Um, I so far have evaded infection, but my daughter who, uh, had to get a couple of tests for her work. She works at Starbucks. She's 20 years old. She's a college student. She works at Starbucks. Uh, first test she took came back negative, second test came back positive. And the day she found out that she had a positive result, she was actually spending the night at our house, um, which was frightening because now my wife and I are like, all right, we've been directly exposed. So we had to wait about five days and got another test and we're waiting on the results of that. So now we're back to being locked down. And, uh, you know, no deed goes, no good deed goes on whatever. (laughs) I can't think of the stupid saying that you've heard a billion times before, but, uh, yeah, on the way back from my, um, from my test yesterday, I got rear ended. So it's like, come on, man, I haven't left the house in a week for anything. And now I go to get a test, you know, I go to get another test and boom. I get hit, uh, yeah, it's, (laughs) I'm not gonna, I'm not even that upset about it, it was, uh, it was not even, like, yeah, the kid who hit me, and he was young, I'm gonna call him a kid, uh, you know, it was an obvious mistake, uh, he didn't, he wasn't being negligible, like, beyond any kind of thing that you couldn't understand, I was inching out of a The parking lot and he thought I was going and I was just trying to see past some bushes and he just kind of went right into me anyway uh, what can you do um I made a conscious decision though when I looked at the it was just a fender bender and I looked at it and and um he he was a young black man and I said we're not calling the cops on this (laughs) and he said thank you um, <laughs> cause it really did not need, we didn't need the police involved in it. It's just took some pictures, contacted the insurance company. That's it. We're, uh, moving on from that. I'm sure it'll be handled. Um, and I'll have a headache just trying to get everything fixed because nothing is ever easy when it comes to dealing with insurance companies. But eh, what can you do? Gonna move on. It's not the end of the world. Nobody was hurt. That's all that matters. No one was hurt. Someone made a mistake. It'll get taken care of eventually. It'll be annoying. Um, so let me move on from all that kind of doom and gloom stuff and talk about. Um, well, it's not doom and gloom, but there's been so much great music that's come out this year. Um, and I'm a huge fan of going to see live music. And, you know, in the last maybe five or six years, I've really gotten into going to see music festivals, specifically taking my daughter to music festivals with me. Um, when she was 15 years old, I took her to Atlanta, Georgia, to Shaky Knees, uh, to to a music our first music festival that we went to together. And, I mean, the girl got hooked. So now we go, you know, usually in the spring, we go to two or three music festivals uh, every year. Um, and some of the acts that were missing are just, they've put out, I think, their best work. I mean, Run the Jewels put out their new album, RTJ4, and it might be the album of the year. Like, I think if there wasn't such strong albums by, say, like Fiona Apple or uh, (laughs) um, Phoebe Bridgers or whatnot, I, I, I don't know. I think the timing of their record the message of their record is so eerily um on point the fact that they wrote it before the, the murder of George Floyd um and the reaction and the kind of things that they're talking about in this record plays like it was written the day after the murder um and it's 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 a very brutal album it's it's there's a lot of anger there's a lot of fighting it, and it, it kind of ends, for the most part, on a very somber note, you know? Um, but there's something to be said for artistic expression and in, in, in interpretation in dire times. I remember during 9-11, uh, there was some music that was just coming out at the time right before it happened that was eerie. You know, I, I walked over the 59th Street Bridge with an advanced copy. I think it was an advanced... I know it was an advanced copy because I was working at MTV at the time. Um, but I don't know if it was actually out at the time yet or if it just came out or if it came... It might have come out that day because music used to come out on Tuesdays. Um, but it was a Super Chunk album. And there were some lyrics and some songs on that album that were really just like painting a picture of of, uh, despair and air travel. And, and, and I just remember being freaked out listening to this record and hearing a song like animated airplanes over Germany, um, as I'm walking over the bridge and just looking at the devastation that just took place. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. So now fast forward and there's some music that's come out, um, that, you know, really, it really just hits home. The new Phoebe Bridgers record is amazing. It's very personal, but, you know, the feelings she's talking about in this record, they seem so poignant right now, given what we're going through. And, uh, you know, these are all artists that, well, I was supposed to see this year. I was supposed to go see Phoebe Bridgers. I was supposed to see Run the Jewels. um, it, 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 you know, I just, I just wonder how cool it would have been if none of if this pandemic didn't happen. If, um, the, the, uh, the police brutality didn't play out the way it did. Um, but I kind of think, I think it's important that at least when it comes to this, um, to the killing of George Floyd and, and all of the other people, you know, I remember running for, for Ahmad. Um, he a young man in Georgia who was gunned down by some vigilantes who, you know, saw a black man running and figured he must be the one who were accusing of robbing someplace. I, it was so insane and I'm a runner. And to think that like, you're just running down the block and two guys in a pickup truck are going to pull a gun on you and shoot you. Ugh. But the you know, the, the the these things all being brought out into the spotlight now it's it's um it, it's something that needs to it's something that needs to end. And I feel like um I feel like people have gotten to that point. So many people have gotten to the turning point where they're no longer just like, oh that's so sad. Maybe we'll uh you know, we'll put a Instagram post up and we'll say uh, we're in unity. Maybe we'll all have um, an event where we hold hands or something like that. And it'll just blow over like it did last time. Nope. Nope. And uh, I think it's, it's good that it didn't blow over. It's not good for business owners and people who've had to like deal with vandalism. It's not good for people living in communities that are kind of, you know, out of any kind of control at the moment. I'm not saying that that's good. I'm saying that the level of response is finally starting to meet the crisis at hand, and it's getting a lot of people to pay attention. So hopefully it won't just be a hashtag and let's move on. It'll be a legislation, changes. We're seeing monuments being torn down. I mean, the fact that in Charleston that we, we removed this statue that's been plaguing us forever. I mean, ever since I moved here, I'm like, why is this giant pillar in the middle of this park with this guy on there? um, What's the deal? And, you know, to find out, like, what kind of person John Calhoun was, what he stood for. And the reason why it was so high up on this pillar was because it was getting, you know, uh, Defaced constantly they they just kept putting it higher so no one could reach it. like that should tell you something. maybe we should just get rid of this thing if it's causing so much pain. Maybe we should rename that street, the same street where a white kid walked in and gunned down people in a church that's on the same on Calhoun Street. Can you imagine? Can you friggin' imagine if you don't live in Charleston and you're listening to this? Just imagine what we overcame as a community, and um, meanwhile, you still have this giant monument to you know to to pro slavery. Just you know, you can see it from a lot of areas on Calhoun Street. You know, it's it's huge. Um. And so the fact that they tore it down, uh, step in the right direction. Is it enough? No. Tearing down monuments, renaming bases, these are like tiny little steps to the things that need to happen. And that's good. That's good. And and if we've learned anything from this is that sometimes it, it, it takes... Um, Takes an extreme response to an extreme problem for people to to, to notice, uh, and let's hope that enough people notice that we can have a conversation to change the minds of those who are still holding out. And there are a lot of people still holding out. There's a lot of people we all love in our families that um, that still think that. Saying "Black Lives Matter" is an attack on cops, and it's like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that there's a huge fire, and we need to put it out. There's a problem, uh, and we need to take care of it. It's not, it's not an attack on someone else. It's a plea for help. Um, but I, you know, we're in that stage right now where there's, you know, the, the, the people are easily, um, angry at each other instead of talking kindly through these problems. And when you get to that phase, it becomes very difficult, becomes very difficult because people just, you know, people don't like to respond to negativity with kindness. And (sighs) I don't know what the right answer is. You know, I just got through (laughs) saying... (laughs) <laughs> that it took some violence for people to to notice and to make changes and so for me to say hey you need to be kind uh maybe i'm wrong but i i just know in my heart um there are people i love that i'm not going to curse out because i disagree with them or that they disagree with me uh i just i know it's not going to work you know if i ignore them they're not going to go away they're not going to change anything if I'm rude to them, they're just going to, you know, delete me. <laughs> um, anyway, I, we're going to work through this. We're going to figure it out. I, I hope to, on this podcast, uh, talk to some people in a leadership position um, when it comes to civil rights um, and 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 listen and learn because there's so many questions that I have still at this point. Of how do we handle this? How do we move forward? How do we solve some of the the personal issues that we deal with day to day? How can we make um how can we level the playing field for everybody in the world? You know, it's not just this country. Um but anyway, I was talking about music, somehow got onto that again. Um and uh something Positive happened this week, music wise, is uh, one of the photos I took of one of my favorite bands, guided by voices. I found a photo from uh, three years ago, and I shared it on my Instagram, and they went and reshared it, and they tweeted it out as well. And so, uh, you know, as a photographer, that is, you know, I, I usually don't shoot music commercially for, for money. I do the, I do music photography because as like a passion project, I, I just enjoy it. I, I come from a, um, from a musical background and shooting music is just a way that I find I can enjoy live music, um, in a way that makes sense to me. And so whenever a band shares one of my photos, I get so excited. It's like, it, it just, it's a validation of, of what I love to do. Uh, so, yeah, if you go to InstaGBV on Instagram or if you go find Search for Guided by Voices on their Twitter, you'll see a picture that I took from Columbia, South Carolina. It's a fisheye lens, uh, so it's a kind of odd-looking picture. Um, but it looks cool. I like it. And apparently they liked it too. So... What's going on with this podcast? Um, I had some people lined up. I was going to start doing this podcast in studio, in my photo studio. I had it all set up and ready to go. And then um, we had an outbreak of COVID in my the building where my studio is. And that's when my uh, I found out my employee had it. Um, and so I kind of had to make some changes and switch to doing phone interviews. Uh, I had some things fall apart, some last minute stuff that keeps getting pushed back. But I do have a podcast coming out hopefully on Saturday of this week on July 4th. And it's going to be with uh, two artists who I met um, years ago doing uh, figure drawing. Um, which is you know, a group of artists get together in a location and hire a model, and and we draw them. We sketch them. We do timed sketches of different poses. It's a lot of fun if you're into art. Um, It's a lot like you've probably seen in a movie or something like of an art class where you have a bunch of guys and girls with easels, and there's um, a male or female model sitting or posed somewhere or standing, and they're all just kind of drawn away. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a fun thing to do if you're into art. Anyway, I've, I met Marcus and Amber, um, doing that in the community in the Charleston area and they have put together kind of like a, I don't want to call it a comic book, but it's not quite a, a graphic novel. It's kind of like a graphic short story, you know, it, it's in a comic book format, but it feels more like, um a serialized graphic novel and it's a western themed uh cat story (laughs) this it's it's all cats and animals and it takes place in um in a wild west environment and the um the cats all say meowdy partner which i just think is funny it's silly I like it. but um, yeah, they 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 have that just came out this week. So I am excited to talk to them about that and what they're up to. And you can look forward to that. That's coming on Saturday. I hope. hope I'm not jinxing myself. Um, and then I have some other exciting guests that are coming up soon, hopefully, as we try to get through this pandemic together. Uh, and you know, I, I I imagine people are sick of hearing like, Podcast interviews over the phone Uh Just like they might be sick of watching Any kind of interview Um Shows that are done over Zoom Late night TV Is done Very Low budget Although I will tell you The Late show With Stephen Colbert Has never been better Than him sitting In a room With his like Family As his As his crew Um I his interviews are better, even though they're over like, you know, FaceTime or zoom or something along those lines. Um, they're going longer format, even though he does take commercial breaks, the, the interviews are going over a longer format. And, and I kind of hope, I kind of hope someone recognizes that, um, the content of his show is way better, uh, in that kind of long format. Um, intimate setting. It's a totally different show and I enjoy it so much more. Haven't checked out some of the other shows. I have not looked at um, Jimmy Fallon. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I did look at some of James Corbin. He did something I thought was brilliant with Phoebe Bridgers, um, where she kind of did a live performance. And I say live in quotation marks, but she's, they uh, she filmed herself doing donuts in a parking lot in a, you know, driving a car um, and singing along to like amu- the track in her car. And every once in a while they do a quick cut to like showing actual like off-road racing. And it, it's just, it it's really clever. It's funny. It's amusing. Um, seeing people step up during this time and, and you could see, the really truly creative people taking um taking what they have and making something awesome out of it uh at the beginning of this you know it felt like every musician was just grabbing their acoustic guitar and getting on Instagram and going live and as intimate and nice as that was you know it kind of got old quickly you're like all right uh, it, it's cute once in a while, but when it's every artist doing it every day, all day long, you get you know, it doesn't work that well, uh, but there's some bands that um, took it up a notch. you know, there's a, a there's an artist out of Georgia named Pip the Pansy, and when, um, when Pip the Pansy decided to do a live stream, uh, she took. Her, her bedroom and turned it into, like, a studio. She put lighting in there. She put props, smoke machine, and she turned it into, like, it was very much like seeing her perform live. Um, it was very, like, you know, spacey and out there. Or not spacey. She's not very spacey. It's more, um, ah, she plays a flute to electronic dream pop music. So, I don't know, whatever that is. <laughs> you can almost kind of picture, like, Disco Hobbits or something. I don't know. It's really cool though. Go check her out. Um, And then there's a band in New Zealand called the Beths. And they started out with the, uh, you know, sitting on a couch with some acoustic guitars and trying to make it work. And uh, their most recent, they've stepped it up so far because they have a new album coming out. And, you know, they did a, a, a live show and they brought in a, like, streaming uh, company, they mic'd everything. It sounded like a studio recording and they're playing live in a room, but they got the whole band in there. They got everything mic'd and it sounded amazing. Uh, so good. You can find that on YouTube. If you look up the Beths, you can find, um, some of their performances, which are really, really good. Uh, I love that band so much. Again, so much good music coming out right now there's so much good music coming out right now and we don't get to you know bounce off each other and shout and have a drink and enjoy it um together in person but it's interesting to see people rise up to the occasion I think that might be it for today I think I've covered all the bassist I'm a uh, bassist I've covered the bassist uh, I'm going to leave you with um, the intro music and the music I play in the outro of my podcast that I've kind of settled on. It's a song I wrote. Oh, it's got to be. Put it this way. George W. Bush was president when I wrote this, and it was a somewhat um, political song against his choice to go to war In Iraq, but it's not like on the nose. It's, it's some, some lines might be. Um, but it was a very, very much for me, it was a protest song at the time. Um, so I'll play you the actual song with, with me singing and, uh, here, here you go. It's, it's called, um, man, I don't even remember what the heck I called it. Uh, I will tell you one second. (laughs) I'm so dumb. Take me down. Take me down. All right, here you go. Here's Take Me Down.